up and welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that takes a look at the A24 movie library 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the podcast, we're heading to the front row of Lexi's play as we break down the final half of Euphoria Season 2. When you died, it didn't feel real. It felt like a movie. And this is the part where the character never recovers. The part where Okay, Ben, this is it. Down. This is the big one. We this covered we covered the first half of Euphoria season two just two weeks ago. We did our uh episodes one through four review. Now we are here with episodes five through eight, taking us to the end of season two, the mm-hmm. finale of, of this show, of the season of this show, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk, we're going to break each episode down. We're going to talk about it and, and we're going to try our best to squeeze it in 24-ish minutes and, and, and do what we can. But I got to know, right off of the bat, you and I haven't talked again. Like that's one of the great things of this podcast. Mm-hmm. We, we keep it for, for on air. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Motto of the show, essentially. Indeed. I want to know. What do you think? Did it did it work? Did it not work? Did it stick the landing for you? Give me your overall thoughts before we start this conversation. I, I think it it worked. I think uh the hype had definitely been built up around it. I think we're definitely gonna get into some of our issues that we have with uh some of the stuff that maybe happened in the last four episodes. Mm-hmm. But overall, I'm as satisfied as I think I can be. Um, I'm very excited to get into these episodes. I enjoyed us uh, spending some time with people that weren't Rue. Not that I don't love Rue, but it's nice to see some of these other <laughs> characters, like what's going on in their lives as well. Um, specifically, yeah. you know, we're Team Fexy here, so we got yeah, a baby. lot of Fez and Lexi these last four episodes, and I was I was here for all of it. So yeah, it, it worked for me, and I'm highly anticipating season three for sure. Okay, I I love to hear that. I really do. Uh, I watched it on Sunday. You also watched it on Sunday when it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stats also came out with this. Apparently, it is the most tweeted about show in the last 10 years. So wow. that's something. That, that, that's something that, that whether that be good or bad, uh, Euphoria is the talk of the town. I, I feel like I'm in the same camp as you, but here's my problem. And like you said, we're going to get into this. So I don't want to belabor it right off of the bat, but I'm processing in live time here. I'm figuring out exactly how I feel about this show and social media is a poison when it comes to this show. I just want to say like right off of the bat, people just shit on it like constantly. Yeah. I don't think everybody understands this show that watches this show. Let's just say, (laughs) I don't think sometimes we understand this show, so I'm not trying to put us on a pedestal, but I'm just saying this show is, is deep. It, it, it means a lot at a lot of different times, but one of the biggest faults of this show, and I'm going to start off negative is the more I think about it, the less I like it. The more mm. I think about it, the less I enjoy the season finale, and the more I wish we could go back to things previously, uh, particularly intimate relationships with Ali and Rue, and Rue and Jules. Yeah. I wish we could go back to that. I wish we would have stayed on that path. So we're going to get into that, but that's like my one hot take coming off, off of this like brand it. new mic, my, my brand new mic that I've got here. It's, it's my first hot take into the mic. So I love it. Spin fire <laughs> already. It's great. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Um, let's, uh, let's just do this. Let's go. Our true cinema moments. I'm going to run through each 
episode here. We're going to start with episode five called Stand Still Like the Hummingbird. I'm going to say all of them. We're going to go back. We're going to talk about them and, and really kind of just break down how we feel. Are you ready? Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. Let's, let's jump right in. Starting with episode five, we've got Rue and her mom, their confrontation in the hallway, her saying, I raised you. I'm not scared of you. We've got Rue breaking down the door and yelling, lock that in for an Emmy nom for Zendaya. Just going to, just going to shout that out right now, right off the top. The jewels and Elliot reveal when, when Rue, Rue realizes that they are there in her home, watching her break down and just essentially crumble in front of her, in front of their eyes, running through the streets, uh, Rue running through the streets. And all of these scenes, all of these four that I've just mentioned happened before the opening credits. So we're at basically 20 minutes into the show and we're just getting our opening credits. It's crazy. And we're just setting the stage, which is so wild. Uh, Rue being over at Cassie's house, Mm -hmm. everybody being over there and Rue basically saying like, hey, quick question. How long have you been fucking Nate Jacobs? Is just fucking baller. Like, I don't (laughs) can't even. It's just so insane. And she is, she is like withdrawing at this time. So she's Mm -hmm. like doing this while she's being all so, so, so messed up. I got three more running from the cops, childhood flashbacks with her dad and escaping Lori's house. That's a lot. That's a lot of bangers. I want to, I want to start off. I want to know how did you feel about the Jules and Elliot reveal watching Rue crumble for freaking for 10 minutes just tell her mom off and literally lose her mind only to find out Jules and Elliot were watching the entire thing and basically caused it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like rewatching this and just being so tight on Zendaya's face as this is happening while she's yelling at her mom, freaking out. And then you just hear Jules like, you know, Bruce like, what did you do with it? Where are they? And you hear Jules off camera, just like we flush them down the toilet and you see Zendaya's oh. face just fucking drop. Like, yeah. oh my God. Her soul Every, left her Everything body. I've been doing for the last <laughs> 10 minutes, she has heard me say, like, she heard me say that I hate my mom. Like, just all this stuff. Like, oh, that's that's rough. But then she goes on the attack and, like, goes after Jules, which was, like, almost just as hard to watch. You know, mm-hmm. she's like, you're fucking dead to me. Like, all that kind of stuff. And Jules just having to sit there and take it. She's like, I love you. I want you to be safe. Like, all that was just, it was so rough. And honestly, I've got to say, we did the first half of the season recap and I had watched this and episode six, but I didn't want to say anything to you. And I was like holding it back. So <laughs> okay. I was like, dude, the beginning of episode five is the fucking lock in for that Emmy nom. Cause like Zendaya just like owns that first yeah. 15 minutes all on like, it's amazing. I think her mom does a great job though. She's like, I raised you. I'm not fucking scared. Like all that kind of stuff. So such a great way to kick off the last half of euphoria for sure. Yeah, it's such a fascinating insight into into Rue, into what is going on in her mind, into her home life, into how stubborn both her and her mom really are, I think is is so interesting. And again, this this is so crucial to the to the show. This is a show about Rue, right? And I oh, yeah. I I think that is consistently important to remember Molly all the time. I watched it and I told her like shit hits the fan in the final episode, like you're going to go crazy. She's like, oh, you should tell me. Wait, no, don't tell me. I want to watch it this summer when I'm not in school. And she goes, wait, did Rue die? And I was like, look, this show is about Rue. She can't really. I mean, like if we're talking logistics, she can't really die. Like nothing terrible is going to happen to Rue, even though it seems like it might. So I think that's important to keep in mind for like a scene like this. But the way that she 
flips on Jules. The way she pushes Elliot's head like back and Ooh. she gets physical and she basically you watch Jules under like just process so much in the moment of her really questioning, did I did I do the right thing? Was this the right move to come to Rue's mm-hmm. mom? Am I really making a decision for what is best for Rue? Am I trying to get Rue back? Am I acting selfishly? What's the what's the plan here? And I think another crazy thing about the kind of the, the back half of this season, Jules and Elliot are like fucking. They yeah. so like we have this underlying like thing going on and Rue doesn't know, right? Or did, yeah. Am I am I remembering this incorrectly? No, you're remembering it right. And I think that's okay. why Elliot tells Jules because you know he's keeping that secret. And that's why mm-hmm. it comes out, I believe, in episode four. So yeah, that that's such a huge, uh, huge moment there, and they're also together in real life right now, which is awesome. So stop, cool. no way. Yeah, Hunter yeah. Schaefer and Dominic Fike are together in real life. Yeah, as far as I know, yeah, incredible. Uh, I think that's great. Um, well, I just want to say one more thing about that confrontation, like the whole Rue thing. We get to see her like go through these waves of emotions of like anger and just like yelling and just saying the most brutal stuff to like literally kicking in a door. And then, you know, she like slumps down and starts crying and she's like, I'm sorry, guys, I didn't mean to scare you. I didn't, you know, just like becomes really sincere. And when she's not getting a response to that, she's like, where are the fucking pills? Like she gets right back up to <laughs> yeah. ramping. It's like, oh, it's interesting to see how these like, you know, addicts and stuff like you'll try all these different things to see what's going to work. And we, we saw all that, you know, in, in 10 or so minutes. But I, I have to say, like, I, I can't not pick how long you've been fucking Nate Jacobs. Like <laughs> right. that was like the moment of the episode. It was fucking iconic. I loved it yeah. so much. It was such a great deflection. Cause like everyone's yep. there to gang up on her. And she's like, all right, what can I do to kind of get out of this? Like, all right, I'm, I got to throw this out there. This is my hail Mary. Let's see what happens. And it totally works. You know, and then like Maddie's like confronting Cassie and Rue's mom is like, can we not do this now? It's like, no, we're going to fucking do this right now. <laughs> like that whole scene <laughs> is so good. And once again, Lexi just sit in the back watching everything happen. It, it was perfect. That that was the best part of the whole episode for me. What is so good about that moment too, but besides the fact that Rue's toolkit is fucking deep, she's she's got oh, tools yeah. and ideas. She knows what she is doing. This is not her first, first rodeo going down this path. It's unexpected. It, mm-hmm. it, at, at no point in time was I like, okay, now's the time where Cassie and Maddie are going to find out what's been going on. I was like, no, we are full focus. We are totally attentive to Rue and her current situation. And then she has the power to flip the conversation, to flip the storyline on, to put it on Maddie and Cassie and Nate is such, I, I feel like it's really smart writing, catches mm-hmm. you off guard. It's again, it's a deflection and it's delivered wonderfully. And there is no, no, you know, surprise why they use it basically on every preview to every single episode after that. That's like the, <laughs> yeah, one, exactly. the, the one line that they keep and, they, and they, they keep it in there. Um, I think I do think that that is I think that's the one I uh, no matter how impressive, you know, Rue breaking down the door and yelling and all of this is. I think the, the one line delivery that really shifts the series tone after that has to be. You know, how long have you been fucking Nate Jacobs? Uh, let's let's keep rolling. Let's move on to episode six here. A thousand little trees of blood. Some really great episode names, by the way. Can we just yeah, say that real so quick? So much like, good stuff. They're, they're really, really good. <laughs> um, we've got the Jolly Rancher opening when she is just fucking struggling to get this Jolly Rancher mm. open is heartbreaking. 
uh, her apology call to Ali, Cat breaking up with Ethan. R- oh God, R.I.P. Ethan. He's just on a roller coaster. These episodes, I gotta mm-hmm. say, that's my boy. Nate's chat with uh, with his mom in the kitchen. That girl needs an exorcism. Coming from Oof. from uh, Cassie's Cassie's mom about Cassie. <laughs> um, the pool scene with with Minka Kelly. Fexy singing "Stand by Me." Nate waiting in Maddie's room with his, with a gun in his hand, just ready to play Russian roulette. I just can't believe that. And uh, Rue's mom begging on the phone to get Rue admitted. Just a roller coaster of an episode. That's a, pretty much what I got to say right off the bat. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it, there was so much going on here. Like the slow, like, I don't know, almost static opening of her trying to open this Jolly Rancher and us just like watching her go through this whole thing. It was, I don't know, it was so difficult to watch and you like want to help, you know, but it's like what she's got to do that phone call to Ali, you know, I was trying to look up the exact quote that he tells her because, uh, man, like it, it just, it hits so close, like to Rue, you know, and it's so close yeah. to home, uh, essentially just about time comes for us all kind of thing. So, uh, I thought that was a great, great quote. Um, but yeah, I mean, this episode was, it was heavy, <laughs> man. It really was like, it's, it, it's weird out of these last four this is probably if you needed to call one a filler episode, it's this one. Yeah, sure. But just how much stuff still happens in here, <laughs> like Cat gaslighting Ethan to God. breaking up with her. I gotta <laughs> like be honest, those, bro. Fuck Cat. Oh. That's ridiculous. Let's get get the <laughs> fuck out of so here. Crazy. I man. just okay, but wait, real quick before I talk about Cat Ethan, which which I do want to talk about. Mm-hmm. The you you brought it up. The juxtaposition of this opening scene to the prior opening scene of the of the previous episode is incredible. It is wonderful storytelling to see how we're at such an emotionally raw and high moment in episode five and how we're so grounded in episode six. She can't even open a Jolly Rancher wrapper. Meanwhile, yeah. in the episode prior, she is knocking down doors, tearing apart bedrooms, but she can't do this one thing right now, which is is so interesting and so well done. Cat breaking up with Ethan, saying she has a brain tumor, and then Ethan just like leveling the playing field and being like, I know you're fucking lying to me. Don't pull that shit. And she's like, we got to break up. And Ethan's like, yeah, okay. Like, I guess, I guess we do. Not cool from Kat. And that's pretty much the last we ever see of Kat. I mean, that's pretty much her last line in the whole season, right? Like she barely has anything after that. Which is such a bummer because like her yeah, storyline. It's a shame. Her season one storyline was one of my favorite parts, you know, like having this like sexual liberation and like, finding out who she is and all that. And then, yeah, I mean, it just becoming like her getting essentially cut out of the show. You know, I think, you know, there's like you talked about on social media, we saw a lot of this stuff and apparently Sam and uh, Barbie Ferrer just like had issues, I guess. Um, I don't know all the details on it. I believe, uh, do you know exactly what it was? I didn't know if it had to do with like some of the nudity and stuff like that. I know there was plenty of stuff talking about that with other you know, actors this year. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly what it was. I know that if you, if you dive into this, if you look for this kind of information, there's so many conflicting like stories or reports. So I wouldn't be surprised if cat or, you know, cat's character Barbie um kind of like fell under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. I know that people like Sydney Sweeney, um, People like Mika Kelly have come out and say, like, Sam wanted us nude. We said no. And he was like, all right, cool. And then there have been other portions where, you know, 
it's definitely cut catching a lot of flack because like Sydney Sweeney's boobs are just hanging around all the time and yeah. they're very prominent. And I understand that euphoria is like this. And I, and I understand the vibe and the tone and the mantra of the show. But again, like that's, I like, I don't know. That's a, it's a very interesting creative decision and it sucks for Kat's character. Like you said, I thought, she was one of the most interesting storylines of season one. I think we mm-hmm. talked about her at great length and I loved her relationship with Ethan. I loved that she was the one. She was the one that had a true relationship. She was now dealing with trauma and dealing with things that others were, but in a different way. She was saying, maybe I shouldn't get this. Like, I don't feel like I should get what I deserve. I don't understand why he loves me so much. Why is he so nice to me and all of these things that are a complete opposite from Nate Jacobs and that juxtaposition in a storyline, I thought was pretty key in displaying just how toxic Nate was to everybody, but that disappeared. And I don't like that. I don't feel good about that. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. There's plenty of stuff here from the behind the scenes that I have made me uncomfortable. I think with like the progression of the show, I mean, even Martha Kelly who plays Lori complained about the like some of the shots that were set up because of the nudity with uh, I think it's when she was taking care of Zendaya in the bathtub and stuff and yeah even just to have her complain about that you know Barbie walk off set like she wasn't even at the premiere of the show which is like crazy to think about but you know as someone who has like a little experience with like film production I I think a lot of these people were frustrated because it was like they were saying some of the days were like 15 to 17 hour work days because Sam shows up without a shot list and just like does stuff on the fly. And it's like, you can't fucking do that. Like when you're yeah. like shooting on film and doing something of this stature, you can't, that, that, that doesn't work. And I think this season kind of reflected some of that. I think I really hope that season three, he at least brings in some writers or something like that. Not that what he does is like awful, but it's never hurts to get a, you know, a second set of eyes on stuff. And I think yeah. that could only help everything. Yeah, as as we move into these final two episodes, I think now that's a it's a great segue. I think now is a wonderful time to bring this up. I feel like the last two episodes were very focused on Lexi's play. I think it is both genius in using such a visual uh, uh, set piece to represent people coming to terms with their trauma. It's also cheat code. It's also taking us out of the interior aspect of all of this. The mm-hmm. the the more intimate aspect of dealing with all of these relationships and trauma. So I think there is that to it as well. And uh, one other thing regarding, regarding that. So if you watch the behind the scenes and and we're, we're going to talk about this when we get to the final episode, but if you watch the behind the scenes of the final episode, they interview Dominic Fike who plays Elliot and he great, makes great music. Love, love his music. Fantastic. He's, uh, he's interviewed for like literally 20 seconds and he's like, yeah, Sam just showed up one day. It was like, look, you should play a song that's like about Rue, but not really about Rue, but about <laughs> Rue. And it's like an apology, but it's not an apology. And I was like, are you sure? Like, I should just play it. And Sam was like, yeah, just like, fuck it. Like, let's just play it. And Elliot plays a four minute fucking song <laughs> in the middle of the fucking finale. It's a complete derailer. It's a complete yeah. tone derailer. It makes no fucking sense to the storyline. It seems like he should end at any given moment. And he just, picks back up and he just goes again, runs with the verse. Rue looks uncomfortable as fuck. Like I just, obviously I've got pent up feelings about it. And like, I was waiting for the podcast to talk about this. (laughs) Are you, you. are you in the same boat with this scene? It it just seems like Sam Levinson as a whole 
could you that this entire production crew him specifically could could use a boost could use some really good writers and then i have a follow-up question for you once you once you answer this because i need an answer i mean specifically to speaking of the song i feel like there were at least four times it could have ended and been fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> and right it just kept going it's like what is happening right now like why are, <laughs> why are we spending so much time on this in the middle of this finale like get us back to the fucking high school like i want to see what's happening there like it, it was just like way too long i was into honestly for like the first 30 seconds i'm like okay yes, this is yeah. kind of cool it's kind of an apology it is about her but not about her like i was into it and then we go into the second verse i'm like wait what <laughs> like you know and then like a total like chord change and like a different style it's like what's happening right now right. why are we still here it's just it was so uncomfortable to Dude, watch the funniest part about this though is that he finishes it and he's like i'm still working on it it's like Dude, right you, but you're saying for four minutes what are you talking I know. about it's just like stairway to heaven like you're doing like a seven minute song man like it's done cut it down yeah cut it i would have loved that for me to ruse response like yeah cut the time in half it was gold dude like yeah just chop it um okay my follow-up question before we hit episode seven and before we we get to the end um i need to know sam levinson we, we've kind of talked about this situation he's got some some flare-ups with some people on set uh he shows up with no 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 shot list uh he's shooting on dead stack dead stock kodak film yeah that must just cost a fucking fortune to run i can't even imagine got the hbo money yeah i got that hbo cash <laughs> if if sam levinson leaves this show if he is not the showrunner if he is not the director do you think the show stands a, t a chance tonally stylistically visually to move forward with the same amount of hype that it has now or does Sam Levinson has to have to be at the core of this show in order to maintain what we have? I don't think he has to be at the core. I don't know that he can like leave entirely, but it's like, I just really want him to get like a writer's room. You know, I just want mm -hmm. that kind of like a, just a little bit of bring your scripts and let some people help you out with it. Because that's to me is the issue is just like, he's got complete free reign, which has led to some like really amazing moments but it's also led to the four minute Elliot song. It's like, yeah, yeah someone I think could have been like, no, nah, we don't need this. Like we don't need to shoot this on like four different cameras, you know, like with all mm -hmm. this like Kodak film. So I think as long as he's like still involved somehow, even as a producer or whatever, it would still have, you know, what it is. I think it's established what it is by now. You know, like one of my favorite writers, we'll talk about the office later, but he left after season two, but I feel like it's like, it was still kind of there, you know, mm -hmm. He went on to create Parks and Rec, but I'm like, I, I feel like they kind of established what the show is. And I think that's kind of where we're at with Euphoria. Um, but having said that, I I love, love, love the mom yelling, Jesus Christ, that girl needs an exorcism. Because Sydney Sweeney's <laughs> yeah. like tearing it up this episode, like oh, yelling incredible. at Lexi and her mom, like does it so well. But anytime that there's a Fexy moment on screen, I got to pick it. So them singing Stand By Me was just like the tops. I loved it. Yeah, that's uh, that's the winner for me, too. I love that. It was so heartfelt. Um, I think the pool scene is also important in understanding um, Maddie and, and really, really what drives her and motivates her, what she wants to change. Mm -hmm. I think I, I again, like I just love that interior look into these people that we don't get too often. Um, I think for me, for this episode, it's got to be cat breaking up with ethan that entire scene i was just like mm. so flip-flop i was like wow what what like i can't yeah. believe he called this and i can't believe she's doing this 
uh, and 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 all of that was was so interesting. Let's go on to episode seven, the theater and its double. Now, really, episode seven and episode eight are are kind of a part one and part two. I mean, episode yeah, seven yeah. ends with a to be continued, which I didn't see coming. Didn't know that no. we were going to do that. Um, so that that was a choice. Again, that was that was a, a choice uh, to do that. We've got a lot of scenes for this. We've got Rue and Jules avoiding each other in the bathroom. Is this play about us? Uh, just iconic in, in so, so many so many senses. <laughs> Ethan entering the scene as Lexi's mom and and the mom's reaction. Uh, chalk it up to eight twenty four to put another another play parent. Uh, shout <laughs> out Howie Ratner for for being there for Hell yeah for his kid. Um, Rue and Lexi smoking on the rooftop and Lexi's Bob Ross beard that gets drawn on her. Cassie's laugh and then cry in the mirror and she kind of composes herself and comes back to it. We've got Faye helping Fez get dressed. Leslie telling Rue that if she has to choose, she will give up Rue to save Gia, which is just and so man. insane. The gym room dance number uh, with Ethan being Nate Jacobs, uh, essentially. And the closing shot of Cassie breathing on the door. Can we start off by just saying the gym room dance number is incredible. It's so yeah. fantastic. It's so over the top. And Ethan just delivers. Like whoever this actor is, he is going to, he's going to be a star because this yeah. scene, it was his scene and he fucking delivered. <laughs> if we gave out awards for the best person in each episode, either yes. one hands down, get it for episode seven. No, like no we doubt. got to see what he was doing when he comes in as the mom. And the mom's reaction, I was like, that's that's so good, though. It's so spot on that she's like not even mad about it. It's like, yep, that's me. Exactly. Like, yeah. And she even says that to someone later, like, that's supposed to be me. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> so funny. Ethan's great in this. Like, I don't know. I, I love I think the play was like kind of divisive for some people. First of all, like the budget for this thing is fucking insane. Like that would never oh be God. a high school play ever. <laughs> but I, that's also what the show is. It's like, yeah, let's like we're kind of going to be over the top and cool. Like we embrace it. So, yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the play. I really enjoyed how many scenes I cut in between the play and real life. Like there's one, I believe it is in season or in episode seven where we're in the room on stage of like Lexi and Cassie's room. But then suddenly Cassie actually comes in the door and it switches to the scene that they're like referencing. there. It's like, Oh yeah. man, it's like, there's some cool stuff here. And that's the stuff where I'm like, Sam does have some good ideas. It's just like, sometimes I think he needs to be reined in a little bit because that stuff was really, really cool. It worked for me. Uh, hard not to pick the gym, you know, room, like the dance number, like to end with that and just seeing like Nate's reaction, just like kind of losing his shit leading to them breaking up, you know, like that was, mm -hmm. I don't know, that was such a strong scene and I don't think, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I loved it. I thought that was so good. I think, I think Ethan's got fucking massive balls. I'm going to be honest oh, yeah. with you because he goes to high school with Nate. Nate yep. Jacobs, uh, Every, I mean, like, look, people probably don't know Nate Jacobs like we do, like the viewer does with with guns and Russian roulette and like stalking people and mm -hmm. shit. But like people know he's not to be truffled with here. And uh, I, I wouldn't want to play him in a play, especially about a dance scene uh, saying how gay he is and just mm -hmm. stroking dicks. So I think <laughs> his ability to do that is is wonderful, is unparalleled. Uh, I, I also I. I love the idea behind Rue's mom saying like, look, if I have to choose, mm. I'm choosing Gia. I'm going to save Gia because I know you, I know about you. I know what your habits yeah. are and what your path is. I like that idea. And I do think it works. I think it is executed. Well, the problem I have is 
once we get to the seven and eight, we are so removed. We are so focused on that play that a scene like that just doesn't hit the same as if it were to come in episode five, where we were already hyper-focused on Rue and her relationship with everybody around her. So again, I I, I just think some of these things were misplaced. And you said it, I, I love how the play... We get real life, it you know, dispersed with the play itself, and I think that time mm-hmm. works really well. But again, I, I don't think it works really well in other situations. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I, yeah, I think this could have worked. I think they have to put it in seven, just because that's like when Rue's clean. Finally, like six, she's still like kind of like coming to terms with it. Um, also, in six, Ali coming over and cooking dinner. We didn't mention that, but that's such a great scene especially when he tells Rue and Leslie like to get out of the kitchen. Like, I don't need your diarrhea ass in here. Like your yeah. health hazard. Like, Oh man, Colin Domingo, dude. Like we <laughs> big fans over here. Um, but yeah, I think that scene is great. Cause she's just like, I've already kind of lost one daughter. I'm not going to lose both. If I have to choose, I'm like, fuck man, like, I can't imagine saying that to your kid, but uh, yeah, so much good stuff here. Also again, shout out Fez. Like we got to see, what unfortunately Lexi will never see and which was like how excited he was Uh, how sharp he looked why did you have to say that you're you're just shattering my heart into a thousand pieces (laughs) it was just like do I look good will other people think I look good like this Uh, seems like the first time we see him care about almost anything and it just like it goes to shit because of fucking Custer man it was I don't know that was heartbreaking yeah that's that's some really tough stuff um and you're right like like she's never going to see Lexi is never going to see that side of Fez, which is just beyond heartbreaking. And by the time we get to episode eight and, and by the time we get to the end of episode eight, I think the storyline really, I think we're taking a shift. And I, I, I think we're, we're going to talk about season three predictions here in just a few minutes and, and maybe what we want to see out of the season itself. But it seems like this is moving on from this kind of like two season arc that we've had about Nate Jacobs and Maddie and Cassie. Mm-hmm. And now we're going a different way. We're we're focusing on, on Lexi and Fez and some of these other people that we didn't get. Um, whether or not it took too long to get to that stage, I think it took a while. I think it took, yeah. a, it took a long time. So let's do episode eight. All my life, my heart has yearned for a thing I cannot name is the title of the episode. Again, just, just fire. Um, handful of points here. Sometimes people need to get their feelings hurt is pretty, pretty good stuff from Lexi. I'm just, just going to say right out Cassie walking on stage and then Maddie confronting her on stage. Rue's uh, Lexi, Lexi, Lexi chant. She kind of like starts the chant and then disappears into the crowd. Rue forgiving Elliot. And again, Elliot's song, which we, we talked about (laughs) Rue kissing Jules on the forehead and then leaving. And then we've got obviously the, the Fezco and Ash, shootout with the fucking SWAT team like what or what crazy stuff I I I need to know where do you stand on this Fezco and Ash shootout how do you feel about it you think you think it was it was warranted what the fuck is Ash doing where are we it it broke my heart dude like it made me so sad like more than him not being there for Lexi was like Fez losing Ash just because like in episode one of the season we saw how they met in like their family like Dude, that's full my brother. Circle. Like, I love that. Yeah, it was so. Yeah, someone had mentioned that like episode one, we see Fez meet Ash in the hallway, and then that's also where he sees Ash die. Is like yeah. they're in that same hallway. It's like fuck, man. That's like so heartbreaking to see. Like watching Fez pound on the door. He's like, dude, open up. Like, I mean, they, they had the plan kind of set up, but like Ash was just. I think Ash had seen Fez with Lexi and kind of realized that like Fez 
may have been able to get out of this and had other things going on. So that's kind of why he, he took it on, but it's still like either way, it was just going to be super heartbreaking. And I don't know, getting his, his prints on the knife. Like that was just such a tough scene. It's just him yelling. Like he's a kid. He's a kid where earlier in the season, it's like, he's not a kid. He's my business partner. And now yeah. it's just, I don't know. It's, it made me so sad. Fez dude. Fez is, is a love. Like honestly, oh, yeah. he, he he loves Ash. He loves Lexi. He wants that life. And sometimes people, he even mentions it. Like you have to. Some people's life, you just get dealt with the hand you get dealt with. And good people have to do shitty things. And like that's just what their life is. And yeah, full circle on on Fez and Ashtray and that entire situation. And you know that that decision by Ash to to stab Custer in the throat is not out of character for him. It is no. not surprising in the slightest. He did the same thing with Cal and just beat him the fuck up with, with the, the butt of the shotgun. Like mm-hmm. he, he is he killed used mouse to that. with the hammer. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah. So like, it is not surprising in the slightest, but I still didn't see it coming. I still thought I'd hope, I'd hope that that Fez would get <laughs> out of there. Um, I, I love the complete and utter breakdown of the play only to become restructured for Lexi to say, Hey, we've got technical difficulties. I understand everybody is very, is, is invested. They like this play and the show must go on. I think that was really important for Lexi's character as well. Yeah. And lots of good things come out of Lexi and it, and it turns out we learn Lexi and Rue a lot closer of a relationship than we ever Mm -hmm. anticipated. I think that what we get to see of how they bond is really important. Do you think, do you think that Rue's flashback to her dad's funeral, do you think that was overused? I was honestly just going to say, like, I feel like we saw it in all four episodes that we're talking right. about right now. Like it just kept coming up over and over. And it's felt like one of those things, like maybe doing it so much, like reduces the impact on it. You know, not that it's not a powerful scene or anything, but when you bring it up every time, it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, no, we remember this, you know? So I think by the end, it just kind of became, like, all right, like I, I just, you know, I, it was the stuff that we didn't see before, like all the girls out on the front lawn and stuff like that stuff. I enjoyed coming from this, but it felt like we saw her giving that speech over and over and over again. It's like, I mean, I understand this is really sad, but Dude, I feel like this is, this is the third you, time we've seen this. You know what it is, right? He wait, Sam fucking Levinson wasted all their Kodak film on filming Elliot and he had to reuse a bunch <laughs> just of Kodak reuse film it over and over. <laughs> <laughs> he ran out of budget, man. That's exactly oh. what happened. Uh, okay, my my true cinema moment for this episode, I think all of them are very important. Love the Fezco and Ash shootout. I think it's done very well and looks just gorgeous with some of the lighting. But for me, it's a very specific and nuanced moment. It is when they are finally taking Fez away on, in, in the hallway and they're finally cuffing him and taking him away. A SWAT agent steps on Lexi's envelope, the, 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 the envelope to Lexi that says her name on the outside. He steps on it. He trashes it. We live with that moment. We see it happen. And then he walks away knowing Lexi may never get that envelope. We may never know this. This could be a, a, an office teapot situation. Mm-hmm. We may never know what was in that envelope uh, unless somebody from the cast tells us or, or Maude Apatow comes out in 20 years and lets us know. Yeah. Like we might not ever know. Shit like that is just absolutely heartbreaking to me. So that that is my true cinema moment. What are you going with? I mean, I think I'm going to be very similar to you. It, it's going to involve Fez 
Uh, first though, just quick shout out to Faye for keeping it real and trying to help out. Uh, you know, yeah, yep, she yep. had a good plan of like, no, Lordy did it, you know, and just like, oh, she was like keep keeping it real for Fez and Ash, which I loved. So I appreciated that. But honestly, the, the scene that hit me the most is like after Ash kills him, Fez walks over and hits Ash. And that's like seems so out of character. It's like, whoa, why is he doing this? But immediately he's like, we can't let them think that you did this. Yeah. It's like if I rough you up, it'll look like I'll be able to take the fall. And like they're like head to head. He's like, I'm going to do this. You can't take this. Like I did this, whatever. I'm like, oh, man, like he really loves this kid. Like it's it's crazy. So that whole that whole sequence of him like setting up to take the fall for this was it was beautiful. Yeah. Listen, A24, put Angus Cloud in more shit. Just do please. it. Just please, please, please do it. Uh, if you'd love to know some some background on Angus Cloud, go listen to the A24 podcast, uh, the one that we are not affiliated with, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But go go check that out. Angus Cloud and Simon Rex from Red Rocket. They just chopped it up for like an hour, 45 minutes. Uh, super solid stuff. You learn a lot about Angus Cloud. Very cool. Let's do our A1 act and, and then let's um, let's talk some season three stuff and get out of here. We knew we were going to run long. So apologies if people were looking for the 24 minute edition. It, it wasn't going to happen not for tonight. Euphoria. Not tonight. Not today. Uh, A1 act. We've just got one to go over. We've talked about a lot of these actors, a lot of the actresses. Um, I just want to say real quick as well. I think it is incredible that um, uh, social media found out that Maude Apatow was Judd Apatow's son and Leslie Mann's son, <laughs> oh um, like on episode seven of this season, like people just didn't know, which I think is just the bonk, the craziest thing. Like, how did people not know this? I don't understand. And my TikTok was just full of people saying like, oh, look, he, she's, she's Judd Apatow's <laughs> daughter. And it's like, yeah, you yeah. fucking moron. Of course you is. Yes. <laughs> um, which I think is, is fantastic. Um, Okay, I'm going to do A1 Act, I'm going to do predictions for Season 3, and then I've got a couple of negative notes that I do not want to forget to talk about. TV show season finale episode. This is a season finale, Season 2 of Euphoria. I've got here on the shortlist, Season 2 of The Office, Season 2 and Season 3 of Succession, Season 5 of Breaking Bad, uh, whether that be the, the first half of Season 5 uh, really gliding overall, or the second half of Season 5 however you define it, uh, Felina, and then season one, Silicon Valley, season six, Game of Thrones. What are you picking, Ben? I mean, listen, I talked about The Office earlier. It still gets me every time. I mean, I know people, some people shit on The Office now, and that's fine, but when Jim interrupts <laughs> not, Pam, not my house. giving her, yeah, not, not <laughs> in my house, but when he interrupts her talking head, when she's like coming to terms with like, Jim's going to move on, and that's fine. He's like, hey, are you free tonight? She's like, yes. Like, God. It's a date. I was like, dude, every time I get fucking choked up, it's like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, call me as basic as you want, but I fucking love the end of that season so much. It is so good. Um, and I think we also just need to shout out MASH. This is before both of our times, but I think it still holds the record for the most viewed TV episode ever, the series finale of MASH, which is just kind of wow. nuts to even think about. Yeah, that, that deserves at least some kind of credit. I love the office shout out. I'm a big office office head as well. So I think I, I love that that inclusion. Um, look, my heart says to go with uh, Breaking Bad and, and I am going to go with Breaking Bad. I'm going to go with Felina. I think it is one of the most beautifully constructed episodes um, possibly ever. I, I would say on Ozymandias is a better episode, but that is not a season finale. Uh, so I'm going with Breaking Bad. But I also want to give a, a very close honorable mention to season three of Succession. Won Ooh. them tons of awards for ensembles, lots of SAG awards just last week. Um, that season three 
finding out what we found out. I'm not going to spoil it because we're an A24 podcast. I don't know who has mm-hmm. watched Succession. You and I have both seen it. We know what we're talking about. That reveal is god level shit. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that right it's here. It's amazing. It's, it's so good. It's fantastic. Okay. I just uh, just super quick to give people some context. Uh, you know, we talked earlier. Euphoria is like the most tweeted about TV show or whatever, right? Right now. Yeah. And 6.6 million people watched the finale for season two. Wow. The MASH series finale, 105.9 million people watched wow. it. Wow. It's great. Like, just to give people <laughs> okay. some context, like, I know that there was less things to watch. There wasn't streaming services and all that kind of stuff. There was, like, five channels, whatever. But still, almost 100 more million people watching this. Like, it's insane. It's crazy. I can't. Yeah. I don't know. Just, oh, I just want to give people God. some context for just how big those numbers are. Yeah. You're talking like 22, 23 times as many people. That's mm-hmm. a, and you're talking like millions. That That's some wild stuff. Um, predictions for season three. I've got two very important questions for you. How many seasons do you want? And how many seasons do you think there should be? Because I feel like Breaking Bad is the one television show that encapsulated Let's go out on a peak. The best succession has me worried for the future. Stranger things has already fucked it up. I want to know when it comes to euphoria, where is the line? Where do you think the line should be? Yeah. I, I I wish it would go more of like the, the way British TV shows go, where you just get like two series, like the British office. Like we're just going to do two and we're out. Yeah. I think they do that with a lot of their stuff. Cause they know like, let's just get the good stuff. And then like, we'll move on to the next thing. I don't want this to turn into Seinfeld that's here forever and just like trying is that to Seinfeld slander? Stuff. Is that Seinfeld slander right now? It is. It is. Get indeed. out of here, Ben. <laughs> How dare indeed. you? I'm sorry. Yeah. How I dare know. you? Should have brought this up before we started. Oh, um, yeah. The podcast is disbanded. We're done. <laughs> enjoy the last episode, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, I want as many seasons as it remains like good. You know, I know it's like a cop out answer, but I, I don't want to like scrap in the bottom of the barrel here. Like, I loved Cal's, you know, whole story arc, especially in episode four. And I'm curious to see where that goes. You know, some people are saying like, maybe Ash didn't get shot in the head. He got shot in the arm. Like we don't actually see where he gets shot. It's like, okay, that's an option. What's going to happen with Fez? So like, I want to know in my mind, like maybe four seasons, we can kind of get it all wrapped up. But, uh, you know, if they could do it well in three, like I'm cool with it. Just like going one more season. Like, let's just like go out on top. Yeah, I think three is the move, and this is a perfect segue into the couple things I wanted to mention before we rank this, before we get out of here on this this special extended episode of 24 Minutes of A24. I think you, you, you obviously we know we're going to have a season three. We're not going to get it until at least 2024 would be my guess. Yeah. I mean, I just don't see that happening before then, especially the style that they shoot in and, and the way things operate. Um, you've got some serious resolution. To, to, to go through here, not to mention the fact that that Rue kisses Jules and then just like dips and and mm-hmm. like her her kind of voiceover is like, yeah, I think I feel like I got life kind of like on the mend. And we're like, OK, do you, though? Because like three yeah. episodes ago, you were just fucking wild and like we just don't we just don't know. So we've got no res- no resolution to some major pro- plot lines that I wanted to bring up real quick. The suitcase of drugs. Jules says that they flush it down the toilet. And Rue is looking for it. Now, when Rue picks this this up, uh, Lori basically tells her, look, Rue, if you're unable to pay me back, I know some really dangerous people and I know mm-hmm. how to make you pay. Rue does go to Lori when she is withdrawing or withdrawing and she, she knows she gets help from Lori. She is there. We don't know how long she's there. So we don't know if things took place there, but there's no definitive resolution to the suitcase. 
that's the biggest problem I have with this series. I thought season three, or, or sorry, season two, episode eight, would have been the premium way to have a massive lead-in to season three. Make people want to revisit this series in a year. Make people want to come back and say like, holy fuck, like I can't believe Rue is squaring up with Lori with somebody holding a gun to her head. Like mm-hmm. crazy shit that you could have been like, oh my fucking God, like I can't, like this is inc- like not necessarily a resolution, but like this is crazy and we have to get this resolved in season three. Biggest problem for me. Did it was it, did that come to your mind, the suitcase situation? Oh, 100%. Because I think the voiceover, she's like, I finished the school year and everything was fine. Was yeah. Like, really? Like you finished the school year? Like, yeah, we don't know how long that she was at Lori's. Maybe she did earn the money, you know, like on, on, you know, without consent, you know, whatever. But like she, <laughs> she had to pay it off, like Lori said. So I think that was totally an option. Uh, when Cal comes in episode four and steals that family portrait, there are three kids in that picture. Yes. We do you. not know who that third kid is still, <laughs> you know, it's like, I know a lot of people are like, maybe it's Ash, maybe it's like, you know, no. whoever. And it's like, okay. And so we still just don't know that, you know, there's just like, and this is where, when we talked about earlier, Sam, just like giving up on storylines at some point, like, I don't know, maybe we'll get to it later, but like, why could like, I mean, I know we never see Lori outside of her apartment, but like, what if Lori was in the audience watching that show yeah. and that's how we end it? You know what I mean? Oh, like, that sees been so her good. And it's like, oh, Lori's here to like get the money back <sighs> or whatever. You know what I mean? There's just so many things that could have happened. Yeah. So I don't know. I hope these get addressed in season three, but it's just frustrating to have to sit on them for a year, just like not having any context for like what's going to happen. Totally. I, I just, I just have to say, the way that the season ends does not necessarily exhilarate me for a season three. It doesn't tell me, wow, you should stay invested. You should buy some merch. You should buy the box set. You should like in keep talking about Euphoria. Once it came 24 hours later, I think people were kind of done talking about it. I think we had realized like, ah, that's it's a bummer. Like, I think, mm-hmm. I think it just, just didn't, didn't go the way we wanted it to go. A24 ranking. We've got our first cow, which is a top tier. We've got a good time, which is a mid-level. And the farewell, which would be a bottom tier. There's no way in hell this is a a, a farewell, right? Mm-hmm. You're not doing that now. No. I am curious. Uh, uh, we rated the first four episodes of the season both as a first cow. He's sticking with it for the back four. I am not. Whoa! Wow! I had, I had a good time. I had a wow. good time, and that was about it. Uh you know, season like the first half really capped off with that episode of Cal for you know, episode four. We started out with the Fez backstory. Like I loved the first half of this. It kind of fell apart a little bit here in the second half. Still plenty of interesting stuff. It wasn't bad by any means, but if you're telling me like you get to pick four episodes from this season, what are you gonna watch? Like I'm give me the first half. That's what I'm most interested in. So that's what I'm going with. I'm going with the first cow. What about you? No, you're going with a good time, right? Oh, good time. Yeah, okay. sorry. Good time. Good time. I was going to say, you just gave me that explanation. No, and I switched you just, it up. You yeah, just twisted sorry. on me. <laughs> like <laughs> no, good time. That. Yeah, I think you described it perfectly. I think if you're given the choice, I think the, the first four are going to be it. Again, I'm, I'm hearkening back. And I know I said this before on the last time we talked about the, the first four episodes of season two. I think the bonus Rue episode with Rue and Ali is the single strongest episode of this series because mm-hmm. it is intimate, because it is a monologue, because we are focused on the core values of each character that we are, are growing closer to. We are not worried about all of this other stuff that is going on. And I think that's where this show shines and it loses it in, in the back half here. 
unfortunately. So yeah, I'm with you. Good time. I, I enjoyed watching it. I think it is, it is stylistically enjoyable. I think a lot of storylines got lost in the weeds. Definitely mm. Rue and Jules for sure. Like what really happened there? I wasn't really satisfied. Like when Rue kissed Jules and kind of gave us her, her monologue, I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, <laughs> what are you, what does that mean? What did you yeah. just tell Jules? And I know at the end of season one, Jules leaves Rue for the train. I get that. And now we're kind of having a juxtaposition to that with Rue understanding that it is best for her to leave Jules. But this this single play made her decide that. I find that pretty hard to believe considering we just spent so much time with her and nothing really impacts her the way yeah. that it should. So again, good time. I think you're right. I think the, the back half fell apart a little bit, but it's still an enjoyable time. Euphoria season three. We'll be back on the pod in a couple of years, I, yeah. I would assume. So we're going we're gonna to tackle it, man. We're going to tackle yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you. I think the Rue Ali episode is still the strongest thing the show has done. And I think that's because Sam was given limitations due to the COVID protocol. It's like ah, everything was intimate yes. and it was tight. And that, I think, just again kind of speaks to what we're talking about here, where when he's given a free reign and has all this stuff, sometimes he goes a little too wild, a little too loose, and it doesn't all work. Uh, also, I just I really expected Cassie to have the shit completely beat out of her. She had like mm -hmm. a busted lip and that was all. But I was like, man, watching all the girls chase her out. And then also we're in the bathroom. It's like, does she even have a black eye? Like, I thought for Nothing. sure they were really going to fuck her up, you know? And then just like, I don't know. But Maddie's line reading was just like, it's just the beginning. You know, talking about her relationship with Nate, Cassie Nate. Is like, that's a great line because she has experienced this for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess, you know, good time for both of us. We would love to hear what you guys think about these final four episodes of season two. What do you got coming up? Like, what do you think is going to happen for season three? What do you want to see? How long should this go? Hit us up. Let us know on Twitter or Instagram. We are at 24 minutes of 824. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi. Spring break forever, bitches.